This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets episode. This is episode number 99, and I am your host, Craig Hanks. Over there, he is Chris. Chris, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? You know, I'm not too bad. I I am interested, though, Chris, to see how this episode is going to go, because, you know, we normally are recording in the middle of the day, fighting the jets for, you know, uh, audio space, Uh, or we record in the morning if we have to, but today we're recording quite late at night. Uh, so we're both going to be, I think, a little punchy. Um, <laughs> I might fall asleep in the middle of the episode. This is not my <laughs> I hope ideal so. time of the of the day. So what you're saying is you're old. You're an old man. I'm, I'm an old man. I'm definitely in an old man's body when it comes to... <laughs> I, I haven't quite shifted to eating dinner at four o'clock yet, but uh, I'm definitely... But 4.15. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. It's not, not far off. No. All right. So Chris, today, episode 99, we're talking about overhead and how sexy it is. Yes. Right. Uh, no. no. It, it ain't sexy. Oh, it ain't sexy. It ain't sexy. And uh, <laughs> kind of a funny story. Um, well, actually, before we get to that, I, I want to give a teaser um, because at the end of the episode, the impact tip today, we're going to talk a little bit about buying trucks and specifically why we've been able to get them when everybody's having a harder time. So mm. this impact tip is going to be a little bit longer than most and, and a good one to listen to. So okay. stay for the end. All right. Now back to the ain't there's a, a kind of a funny story with that. I'm, I'm typing out the, uh, um, the episode today and the notes and everything for it. And I type out the title on my computer and, and, and I type out ain't, and I get that little red squiggly line. Uh, you know, yes. the one that's the bane of, of my existence. Sure. Sure. One of my mother's biggest disappointments in me is the fact that I cannot spell for the life of me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I'm typing that out and I asked my wife, I'm like, how do you spell ain't? And you know what she said? She does this cute little poem and says, ain't ain't a word. You ain't supposed to use it. If you say ain't five, say, say ain't five times and you ain't going to live. And, and I started to, I'm like, what? And she's like, ain't's not a word. And so I started like playing around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to dive into this rabbit hole and start doing a little bit of uh, (laughs) research and see if ain't really isn't a word. I knew it wasn't like the most classy word in the world, but, uh, um, I, I thought it was still a word. And so I, I, I looked up on a bunch of different dictionaries and on the internet, the Google, you know, Google mm-hmm. knows everything. And uh, sh- are you falling asleep from the, uh, am I talking no, too no, long? No, you, you look like you're falling I'm asleep. Ready. Your eyes have glazed over. Well, sure. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> it is, it is a, it is a legit word. It's just kind of what, what they kind of deem a non-standard word. Right. So let, let me tell you why it's a word. Okay. Chris. Tell are me. you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. So, so and I guess we're going on this uh, this little journey early before we get to trucking stuff, right? Uh, but grammatically, there is a spot for it. It is a legit word, as far as I'm concerned, because we have uh, negative contractions. Okay, let's start with the positive ones. You know, we have uh, uh, the verb to be. So he is, you are, I am, they are. Right now, make it negative. They aren't. He isn't. You aren't. I am or eminent <laughs> ain't I ain't I oh, ain't there you go yeah, yeah that there makes is a sense. spot okay. for it it makes perfect sense yeah 
So now I just wanted to I've give this. I've never looked at it from that way. That's yeah. a good way to, yeah. So I wanted to give this little piece of ammunition to anybody who cares about the word ain't, which is, you know, all six of us <laughs> out there. Uh, so yeah, next time somebody gives you grief for saying ain't, just, uh, you know, give them the, the grammatical heave ho and tell them to get lost. Yeah, there you go. It's good. You can use it. Use it all you want. There you go. Yeah. All right. So. Chris, uh, what ain't sexy? Overhead. Overhead ain't sexy. No. Uh, now, we're going to talk about that, but of course, I need to remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes. Find us on Facebook. Review us on uh, what iTunes or whatever it's called. All the other ones. All uh, of them. Provided you like us. you know, if, if you don't like us, then just leave us alone. Go away. <laughs> but if you do, give us a five-star review. That would be very helpful and wonderful. Uh, but otherwise, hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, and of course, go to motor, MotorCarrierHQ.com if you are uh, thinking of starting or expanding your trucking business um, or need any help with an existing trucking business, right? So, uh, Chris, shall we get started then? Let's dive into it. Overhead. So how do you want to start with this? Let us let me kind of set the stage a little bit about why this, I've, I've kind of been thinking about this. Like everybody else in the world, I've I've kind of been glued to the TV and the news outlets and reading as much as I can in the last month about the the war in Ukraine. Mm. You know, especially with my experience in the military, it's just been absolutely fascinating and interesting to see how the Ukrainian people have um, stood up and defended their own country against what everybody before this war started kind of considered insurmountable odds. And they've just done an awesome job. And then on the other hand, Putin has just completely botched it. Right. And, and it's been, it's been fascinating to watch. And as I've done this, I've kind of started to think, well, you know, how can some of the lessons learned from this, this war translate into lessons I can learn in business? And, you know, the, there's quite a few. And one of the things that's kind of really stuck out to me is, is something that goes along the lines of there's a, there's a quote that's pretty common in the military that says tactics win battles, logistics wins wars. Right. And, uh, you know, logistics is not the most sexy thing in the entire (laughs) world. Like when people think of the military, you know, they're not thinking and, and war, they're not thinking, oh, logistics, goody, goody, <laughs> let's go. We're going to win this war with logistics. Did you know that supply chain is originally a military term? Really? No, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, the term supply chain. I mean, it's literally the chain, uh, you know, the the chain to get supplies to the front. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's where that comes from. That's cool. So, so, so the, the supply chain logistics, we're all heavily involved in it. Yep. You know, it, that's what we do in trucking. It's such a huge part of, of the logistics world. Well, in, in the military, it's so true that logistics is really what wins the military, especially in today's modern military where you need so many supplies to, you know, kind of conduct warfare the way that we, the way that we do. And, and you see, you know, Russia just falling flat on their face on the logistics realm. And that's a big reason why they're having such a hard time. And so, um, just like logistics is not the most sexy thing in the world, um, overhead and managing overhead is not the most sexy thing in the world. But in reality, if you do it well, you're going to set yourself apart from your competition. But if you're like Putin and you do it poorly, you're, you're essentially going to, you know, kill yourself a slow painful death okay so so you're bringing in two terms here logistics and overhead these don't necessarily have a ton to do with each other 
Right. No, no you're, you're just, just using I'm just kind of using as a comparison. An, al- an analogy yep. or something. An analogy. Yeah. Okay. So overhead. So all right, logistics is your supply chain stuff. Uh overhead, define overhead for me, Chris. So overhead is is really kind of a, a business expense that you can't really charge directly to a particular service or work or product. So um if you take, for example, if you're if you're manufacturing um, widgets, widgets, you know, the pieces that make up the widgets are not overhead. They're tied directly to that widget. Whereas the rent that you pay in the, the warehouse where you house the widgets right. is not directly part of building necessarily those it's, widgets. It's, it's not, not part of the end product. Right. And okay. it's, and it's not directly tied to that end product. So in, in trucking, um, some of the most common expenses, overhead expenses. Well, actually, let's talk about hauling assets um, overhead. Okay. At which, by the way, people can go, again, com. Check out one of the financials episodes and look at the P&L report. Uh, you know, it, that's it's yep. all there. Everything we're about to talk about. It'll show what there. our overhead expenses are. So yeah. our biggest overhead expenses on our salaries. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that that's pretty common um, for, especially for a small trucking company, that's going to make up a big, a big chunk of it. Um, and you if know, you're an owner operator, that's your salary. That's your salary. And, and Nate and I, you know, we've got to be able to feed our families. We've got to be able to eat. And so we take a, um, a salary. owner salary from mm-hmm. the business. Um, the other, the, the, that's the biggest one. The next biggest one, which is a pretty big s- step down is parking spaces. So we've, we've gotten to the point where we've got, we're at five trucks now. Um, we have one permanent parking space, adding a second permanent parking space so that with our five trucks, we'll have two. And the reason we only need two is because most of our trucks are either out on the road. They're, they're typically not home at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a few of our drivers have places to park the trucks near where they live and you, we don't you can have park them here chris that's fine right right yeah. on right outside your street uh-huh yeah absolutely uh, i i'm not sure a 75 foot tractor trailer would fit <laughs> without blocking driveways on your street hey look but if, hey if we'll all, try it we'll block your driveway first and not anybody else's if all of my delightfully redneck neighbors can have uh, campers <laughs> sitting out front i can have a 75 foot tractor trailer okay uh, okay well i'll remember that <laughs> You can't get mad at me when I get tick off your neighbors for bringing a semi truck on your street. Okay, so parking space rent. Anything else that's uh, kind of common? We we've got some other small miscellaneous in in our overhead, but that's that's kind of it. So what what about something, uh, Chris, for a trucking company? Something like insurance. You talk about insurance a lot, um, you know, or maybe something like truck uh, payments. You know, your your yep. loan payments. Would those qualify as overhead? I wouldn't count the truck payments as as overhead because that's Part the of truck is your the product. That is essentially our product. The the truck, the drivers, the fuel, those are all things that are tied directly to we don't have a necessarily a product. Ours is more of a service, right? We're hauling right. stuff for people, we're providing a service. Would so you say those, that you haul assets? Uh, uh-huh. something like that. Okay. I've, 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 I think I've heard that before. <laughs> So, <laughs> I keep throwing you off. I, I, I'm not uh, like I said. We're a little punchy. We're tonight. a little punchy tonight. I, yeah. I, yeah. So the the point is is that those those expenses are more tied directly to the service. Sure. 
So okay. not not really overhead. So does that change uh, this this idea of overhead? I, I mean, I, I kind of brought up uh, an owner operator. They're paying themselves a salary, just like you and Nate are for a five truck fleet now. Uh, but as a general rule, does overhead change for a larger company once you start adding on trucks? Is it just going to be more of the same or are there other expenses or other overhead expenses that you can expect? There will be other. The bigger you get, the more overhead expenses you're going to have. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about that. This is one of the things that I think can really make a, for a competitive advantage for a small trucking company versus a big trucking company. If you look at the big trucking companies, you know, they're going to get some economical competitive advantages because they can purchase things in bulk. So you mm-hmm. look at fuel, they're going to probably get better fuel pricing because they can, they buy so much fuel tires, you know, maintenance costs. A lot of those things are just plain going to get better pricing because of the volume that they do those things in. But where owner operators and small trucking companies can really make that up is by shaving their overhead costs. Cause a, a small trucking company is not going to have some of the same big overhead costs that a larger one does. So you look at Holland assets, for example, we don't have a building. We don't have office space. We just either work out of our homes or, you know, do something else and we don't have to have that. And so that's one big, huge expense that we don't have that saves us money. But if you got big enough, you probably would have to. At some point, yeah, you'll, you'll have to, because you'll have employees. They'll need to typically have a place to work. Um, You may at some point get a shop, you'll need a shop and, you know, that takes a, a physical space. Um, But, you know, when you don't have office rent, you don't have utility expenses, those are things that can be a, a big savings and set you apart. Um, you know, other things that bigger trucking companies will typically have, you know, a lot of times they'll have a, a vehicle that they use to run things around. And so there's a, 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 a vehicle, like not a truck vehicle, but you know, your pickup truck mm, type expense right. that you're throwing your chains in to move them around or the around town stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big expense and, you know, sales and marketing becomes a big expense and another thing, you know, your, your salaries become a bigger expense because as you grow, you're going to have to have somebody that does, um, you know, a, a safety manager. You're going to have to have somebody that manage your permits. You're going to have to have somebody that manages your drivers and does your dispatching. And, you know, right. it, it just goes on and on and on and on. And those are all big overhead expenses. They're not tried tied directly to the service right so a driver is tied directly to the service but all of the you know when you've got 30 trucks uh, then you've got a permanent dispatcher just for your company who's going to be you know not driving so they would be counted as overhead right their salary correct okay or you know or whatever other employee you've got and so you know one of the ways that that smaller trucking companies save money is by limiting that overhead. Even as you get an employee, you'll typically have your employees wearing several different hats. You know, you'll, you'll have one employee that manages safety and they may also do sales like your own, the owner may manages the safety program and do the sales for the company. You may have an office person that handles all the billing and then also manages the maintenance and repair costs and finding you know, coordinating the maintenance and repairs on trucks. Right. So, you know, when, when you've got people doing that, they typically work more efficiently and it just, it gives a, a trucking company the, the ability to operate very lean with low overhead, save on that expense. And then that kind of helps offset that competitive advantage that some of the bigger trucking companies have because of their bulk purchasing ability. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, so how does this come into play then if you're advising companies, whether big or small, does your advice change? What, uh, what do you want to get out there as far as uh, overhead? What advice do you want to There's give? There's one thing that I really want to stick, you know, stick on. Cause I, I think most owner there's, there's one thing that kind of is where owners have a higher likelihood of, of failing okay. because they don't manage this one overhead expense. <laughs> sounds, Chris, this, I, I, whatever you're about to say, it sounds clickbaity. Okay, just <laughs> it, manage this one weird expense, right? It is a little clickbaity, but you know what the reality <laughs> is? I've seen this happen so many times and we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast before, but it, it's the one thing that, that just because of the temptation level and a myriad of other things, it's just the one area that guys have a tendency to just let things get out of control. They, they usually don't have, they usually don't get tempted to go buy office space before they need to. They usually manage those miscellaneous expenses and, and, and those costs don't creep up high enough to the point that it has the ability to just take you, you out of business because your costs just get out of control. Okay. And this one's going to, it's going to kind of maybe not make a ton of sense, but it's owner salary. Hmm. Uh, okay. So owner salary. Let me see if I can figure out why, Chris. Okay. okay. Let me puzzle through this. I want to hear. Because you've talked before about um, the discipline that you want owner operators to have and that, you know, that you tried to operate under when you were flying solo and, you know, driving your own single truck. Uh, and that's that uh, there's a temptation to pull money out of the business that should be going back into the business. Yep. You, the example you always used to bring up, you know, 30, 40 episodes ago was the pickup truck. Hey, I'm starting to see some success. I'm going to go get that Ford F-350 I've had my eye on for the last decade. I'm finally going to go get it. But your company isn't established enough. You haven't saved enough. You haven't done the the financial due diligence to you know, put stuff away for a rainy day, or you know, to save up for that second truck and the the driver that you may want to hire. Whatever the case may be, people get ahead of themselves, out over their skis, and start spending money that isn't ready to be pulled out of the business yet. Am I on the right yep, track? That's exactly exactly what it is. Um, you're not seeing guys just saying every three months, "Hey, I'm going to give myself a raise," or "Hey, I'm going to give myself another raise," and that's not how that salary creeps up what happens is exactly what you've talked about they go out and they buy you know a pickup that's all of a sudden they've got a thousand dollar payment for that ninety thousand dollar pickup they just purchased probably more like a fifteen hundred dollar a month payment and then they go yeah it's crazy and then they go out and they buy a you know they go buy a razor and they go buy a snowmobile and they you know go buy all these toys and maybe a bigger house and all of a sudden they're like oh i've got to start taking more more money out of the business to be able to, to make all up. these payments that I've all of a sudden incurred on the personal side of things. And so that creates the need to take out an excessive amount of salary. And I've seen that get to the point where, you know, when, when time, usually what ends up happening is when times are really good, like they are right now and rates are really good and money's coming in, you can keep making those payments and those higher salaries. But the problem happens when there's a downturn in the economy and then all of a sudden you're still, you know, you're strapped into these big payments that you've made on the personal side and your company's not making as much money because, you know, things have changed a little bit. The, the market's corrected some and now all of a sudden you're still having to make those payments, but you don't have the money, you know, the revenue level that's needed to, to be able to sustain those pa payments coming out. 
Right. So I mean, it's the tale as old as time. You're buying things. You're you're doing things with money that you can't actually afford. Um. So it, yeah, in some ways, it's uh, it's almost like in good times the profits are a mirage. You, yeah. Yes, the money is coming in, and that is good. But but you it tricks you into thinking that it is in fact profit or permanent profit. Uh, when in fact, what it is is uh, it's a it's a down payment on your future. <laughs> Keep yep. putting it back into the business, and uh, and find more success. You, you know, use uh, what, what's the old cliche? It takes money to make money. Yep. Use your money to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be able to afford that pickup. Yep. And I, I you know, I've, I've seen this happen even outside. You know, not not trucking companies themselves. I so I worked for Flying J right out of college for five years. Um, if you rem- you probably don't remember, but some people that listen probably remember that Flying J declared bankruptcy back in, you know, it was either 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. around there while I was working there. And the reason they ended up having to declare bankruptcy was because they were over leveraged, the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They had purchased some assets that just had these egregious payments and they have to put money into it and they just couldn't. So couldn't keep up with it as soon as the market started to turn a little bit, if you remember mm-hmm. right. In 2008, oh, yeah. 2009, that's when the market started to turn. They they had to declare bankruptcy pretty quickly. So it's not just the owner-operator who wants the F-350. It can no. be a giant corporation that gets out over its skis. Yep. Okay. All I right. Want to, I want to tell, I, I've kind of skipped over one other example I wanted to tell of, of managing your overhead expenses. And this just happened to me really recently. Um we we're in the process of building a house right now, just started, just broke ground not too long ago. And, um, we were showing the house to some friends and, um, it's in a new neighborhood. So, and we're like the first house in this section of the neighborhood Mm -hmm. to start breaking ground. And the week that we were showing our friends, um, they had pulled all the forms off the the foundation. They just poured the foundation and the, the company that did our forms had their trucks parked in a cul-de-sac where they hadn't started construction yet. Mm. And they're just sitting there. My friends are like, well, why, why in the heck are their form trucks still here? Why haven't they gone somewhere else? Well, it's because they hadn't gone to another job yet. And I guarantee this company doesn't have a big yard where they park everything. And so they just kind of move it from, the from area of a job site to, yeah, from place to place to save on overhead. It's really, you know, it's a it's a smart way to operate your business. And Nobody else is using this cul-de-sac. Yeah, I'm just going to park my trucks here. And as soon as we have <laughs> another job come, we'll go move them and take them to the other job and saves a lot of money. Yeah, interesting. I saw on the uh, notes where you, you, you did write that down. You're like, talk about the forms trucks. And I yeah. was like, I think that's a typo, Chris. <laughs> I don't know what forms trucks is, but now I, that's do. What it now is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So anything else on this one that you wanted to hit that's, um, as far as overhead goes? That's it. Okay. So yeah, it's. I think it's a term that will be very valuable for people to know. Uh, you know, obviously anybody who's uh, been in business for themselves or you know, in certain capacities, probably has heard the term, might understand it, but it's one of those ones you want to master. You need to understand what overhead is, what fits into that, uh, under that umbrella so that you can best control it, right? So yep. yeah, it's a really important one. I bet it's one that we could come back to maybe in more detail at some point. For um, sure. But yeah, for now, keep keep a lid on it. Yep, keep- it ain't it ain't sexy, but it's really, it's it's oftentimes one of the differences between 
being a winner and a loser in business is managing that overhead. All right. Well, Chris, you mentioned an impact tip that you wanted to spend a little time on today. What is that? The So the impact tip itself is get out and network. <laughs> and and 70% of our audience just broke out in hives <laughs> at the word network. It's I like know. me and yeah. spreadsheets. Yep. Right? It's, uh, we get, we got to be out and be social and talk to people, get to know people. Um, and the reason I'm going to kind of step back and explain why this has been, I, I, one of the reasons it's significant. One of the things that I think has made a big impact on our business and our ability to grow. Um, so one of the, one of the more common questions that I get from listeners and, and people that are interested in the podcast is, especially right now in the way the truck market is, is how are you getting new trucks? They hear us adding a new truck every quarter or so. Um, and, and just wondering, like, I've tried to go buy a new truck. I can't get a new truck. Nobody will talk to me. Well, there's a reason that we've been able to get new trucks. We, we just got a new one. We have a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. almost two months ago. We've got another one coming up in about another month. Um, and the reason that we're getting, I think, is getting those trucks is because of two reasons. One is we've developed a good relationship with a salesperson. Okay. And then that salesperson back in the spring of 2021, this is, we're in the spring of 2022 right now. So this is a year ago. He came to Nate and I, and he said, if you want to be able to get trucks for 2022, you're going to have to order them within about the next two months. So I need you to figure out how many trucks you want for 2022. And that's where that yearly planning comes in that we talked well, about, right? The yearly planning is important, but we probably wouldn't have started thinking about that until the fall, like six right. months later. But because we knew him, he knew us, we've kind of been talking to him about what we wanted to do. He gave us that heads up that he needed to know in July, essentially, like the beginning of July of 2021, how many trucks we wanted for 2022 and and essentially place that order right then. So, all right. So you had a salesperson that you could reach out to and, and you had a relationship at that point where he actually reached out to you and said, here's what you're going to need to do uh, because he knew your goals. He knew what you wanted to build, right? But we've skipped a whole bunch of steps here. Okay, so you met somebody who worked in truck sales and now he's you know he's reaching out to you saying hey if you want to build up here's what you need to do but there's a lot in between right how did you build that relationship what does that actually look like we we keep reaching out to him and and whether that's to kind of go look at trucks or to kind of let him know what our what we were trying to do we'd maintain constant contact with him we'd go visit him once every other month or so we would you know kind of text him or call him every now and again asking questions just so that we were kind of on the forefront of his mind. Because you can't, you know, just like any relationship, relationships in business take time to develop and you can't, you know, meet a person on day one, never talk to him again and expect them to give you the time of day at any other time in the future. You know, he's got to, you know, that, that other person has to feel comfortable with you just as much as you have to feel comfortable with them. And that just doesn't happen overnight. So it's cultivating that, that relationship, incredibly important. Okay. So, all right. So, and, and it's not like, uh, you're not becoming, uh, what, what was Anne of Green Gables? Bosom friends, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's not like you're inviting him to your, into your wedding party or something. It's just maintaining contact, finding ways to, uh, to stay in contact with that yeah. person as it, um, you know, regarding 
your goals and yeah. how they can help you out and how you can help them out. Take them out to lunch, you know, once every several months and just to, to maintain that relationship, mm-hmm. pick their brain, you know, ask them questions, you know, even if you already know the answer to the questions or you have your idea, like, you know, why do I want to get this gear ratio of truck or, you know, what makes this one more advantageous to the other one? Just say, Hey, I want to take you out to lunch. I want to pick your brain. That helps develop that relationship. Yeah, because you never know what they might say. Maybe maybe they'll have a surprising answer. You think you know the answer, and maybe they have something else for you. This, you know, Chris, this sounds a lot like what you talked about with mentorships, right? Yeah. Or it, it's uh, it's different. This is not a mentorship. It's different, but it's it, but there's it's, a lot of similarities for sure. Yeah, yeah. Staying in contact and and keeping those uh, networks alive. Okay, what else do you want to talk about with this? So that that was the first thing. The second thing is because of that conversation with him, we started that planning process of okay. Let's look at how many trucks we want to get in 22. And we started, we started that planning and, and thought process really early. Um, so that was the second thing. Um, and, and we decided, you know, by the July date that he gave us how many trucks we wanted and, and, and placed our order. Um, and, and that, that, that happened. So a couple, one other thing I want to talk about is, you know, okay. So we, we started thinking about how many trucks we wanted. How do you make that? determination Oof. and and it's it's hard i think this is gonna <laughs> let, me, let me take a stab lots of spreadsheets right Chris? <laughs> there's some spreadsheets and <laughs> yep a, a lot of thought goes into it a lot of things you need to think about and and this probably warrants its own episode so i'm just going to mention the things that i think you need to think about so whenever you're trying to decide how many trucks you want to buy throughout the course of a year you need to think about how much money you're going to have to come up with for down payments you have to think about how much financing you're going to be able to qualify. So it's worth it to start talking to banks and, you know, getting their opinion. Um, you're going to have to do a, a new insurance down payment for every truck that you add. Uh, another one that I think a lot of people don't think about all the time is you've got to maintain a, a certain level of a certain pace at hiring. And so not only do you have to hire um, a new driver for the new truck you're you're getting, but you also have to be able to keep pace with the attrition for the drivers that you lose. You're always going to have driver turnover, so you've got to be able to, you know, keep the drivers you've got, replace them if they if you have guys quit, and hire the new drivers for the new trucks. Right. Speaking of networking, right? Yeah, that, that networking is a great way to find drivers too. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing, a couple other things you need to think about is trailers. You know, we had mm-hmm. to essentially place orders for the trailers at the same time so that we knew we'd had a good reasonable chance of getting trailers at the same time that we were getting trucks. Um, and, and really, we've, we've kind of decided that we want trailers a little bit before you get the trucks because um, the, the trailers make a huge difference. You don't want to be doing um, power only if you don't have to. You, you can typically make more money with with trailers, and that's really not part of our business model. The power only thing. So, we want to make sure we had a trailer when when the truck came on board. Yeah. Another couple little things that you need to keep keep in mind is any additional equipment that you need or like add ons. So, like, are you going to get an APU? Do you need to order that APU? How far in advance do you need to order it? Your ELDs, your pre pass, are you getting? you know, chain hangers put on or inverters. Those are all little expenses and they're all things that you need to think about in advance so that those things are ready at the same time that you end up getting your trucks. So sounds easy, Chris. Yeah, it's a piece of cake. Super simple. Yeah. (laughs) 
So <laughs> plan way in advance. Yeah. You know, and the, the reason, so just to summarize, the two reasons that I feel like have been a big impact of why we've been able to get trucks is because we network, we have a good salesperson, and two, we started planning and, and making that decision you know, really over a year for, for some of those trucks, we essentially ordered them a year in advance for other ones. We ordered like 18 months in advance. And so, you know, that, that's why we're getting them. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I want to, um, I'm not tooting my own horn and it sounds awful to say I'm tooting your horn, Chris, but, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but I will say this, you know, as an employee, it's been a while since you've been an employee, Chris. Well, yeah, not, not so long for me. And I will say, you know, employees have great fun, uh, you know, complaining about the bosses. Uh, what do they even do? They're not even down here working in the trenches with the rest of us, (laughs) you know, mumble, mumble. Um, but this is, you know, hearing you describe that, boy, there's a lot of value there. And it's something that I couldn't pull off, at least not without, you know, a lot of practice. You know, these things take practice. It's complicated. All this planning, understanding what goes into growing the business and, you know, in, in your case, buying more trucks and uh, getting more drivers in the pipeline and, you know, dealing with the salespeople and, and all this stuff. It's very complicated. So it takes practice. And that's why I, people... Even if you're not, even if you're a one truck guy right now, you're an owner operator. If you're even thinking about this sometime in the future, now is the time to start getting these concepts under your belt, understanding these things. Even if you're not doing it now, start your education now. Yeah. And and your education can and should go beyond just this podcast. You know, there's a lot of other resources out there for you to start understanding these concepts. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's monumentally important because it's. It looks like magic from the outside, right? This all this planning, all this uh, understanding of this stuff uh, looks like magic. So, good on you for all that planning, Chris. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it it's one of those things you just you've you've got to start thinking into the future. You've got to be able to see where you want to be further on down the road, and and that's not something that you just kind of learn overnight. Right. It takes some practice. It takes some forethought. And, um, it's one of the things that a good owner, a good CEO of a company, I mean, to, to really be successful at that role, you have to be the one that has that vision and mm-hmm. plans for the future. Yeah. All right, Chris, how are you feeling? Do, do you feel like you gave this uh, subject the attention it deserved? I hope so. Okay, yeah, good. I, I think it's, uh, it's an important one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening again. Uh, go give the positive reviews. We really appreciate them. Go to hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, for the full show notes, any links, uh, including past episodes with all the PL that we put on the financials episodes. So go check those out. Uh, and then finally, go to motorcarrierhq.com. If you are uh, thinking about starting your own company, you want to expand, or you want resources uh, to just be able to do your job better as an owner, whatever the size of your business, uh, then please go to motorcarrierhq.com. Chris, have a good one. You too. It's time to go put the old man to bed. It's, it's way too late <laughs> it's way for you. past my bedtime. Oh, it's yep. way past, I'm surprised yeah. I didn't nod off. All right. Well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks then. See you then.